You're listening to Transplaner RPG, an all-transgender, people-of-color-led, dark-fantasy actual play channel set in an original non-colonial, anti-orientalist multiverse. The Chaos Protocol is our second main campaign and stars Valiant Dorian, Kai Kay, and Sam Starr as players, with C. Thomas as the producer and Connie Chong as the game master. Transplaner RPG is sponsored by Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy whose director, Dimitri Opines, has asked us to say, and I quote, Please sign up for Transplaner's Patreon, because at some point people will figure out he's a cisgender white guy failing upward, and then he'll be too broke to sponsor us. We love you, Dimitri, and thank you so much for supporting our work. Arc 2 is proudly sponsored by HeroForge, a free online character design application that lets you make and order your very own custom TTRPG minis. Their character creation tools are rich and deep, with facial customization, animal companions, action poses, spell effects, hundreds of clothing options, and nigh infinite color choices. Get a color printed mini, unpainted premium plastic, bronze minis, color standees, or even your very own digital STL files for printing at home or use in virtual tabletops. To see their tools in action, go to Hero Forge Minis on Twitter and search Artemis. They made a mini of Nova's very own Hand of Fate, and she looks good. Check out Hero Forge today at heroforge.com. Content warnings for this episode may include alcohol, drunkenness, gambling, dissociation, nightmares, grief, trauma, loss of loved ones, food, eating, hunger, fire, falling, and references to sex, hunting, and monsters. Arc 2, Episode 9, The Dragon Calls, from Carved Inside an Empty Urn by Connie Chong. Even at night, the city of heaven is alive. Under the dusky light of a perpetual eventide, the gods of the sister realms go about their business tonight as they have every night before for 10,000 years. In the vaulted halls of the Azure complex, bureaucrats mill from office to archive to registry, their arms piled high with innumerable magical scrolls. Stress pulls at the corners of their mouths, fear shining in their eyes like coins as they count. In the storied depths of the Vermilion Library, archivists dutifully shelve books and pour through tomes, the flickering firelight from nearby candles refracting off thick glasses. Among these librarians, we find a regal god with bright, wavy orange hair trailing past fair shoulders in manicured waves. Fair, ruby-red lips are a spot of crimson amidst fair, otherwise emerald green skin. White robes drape past fair tall form with a black cloak on top and an amber bamboo staff in fair grasp. As this god closes the book fair reading, a treatise on monsters, we swish over to the red-hot furnaces of the White Forge. Metal clangs, heat surges, sweat runs down well-muscled forearms. On the outskirts of the White Forge, by the Merchant's Square, we find an artistic god, fairly short but with a boisterous personality that makes him feel much taller. They're fat, with a vibrant, sunflower-tinged golden skin speckled with white freckles and fluffy, light blonde hair shaved on one side. The low neckline of her purple robes reveals top surgery scars and red floral tattoos across her chest. 
as they hawk an assortment of trinkets at passers-by, boldly claiming that they were smithed by the forge master herself and will protect the gods from the peril they find themselves in. A long line of worried deities forms at their kiosk. And on a loud clang from the forge master's hammer, we smash to the dark tides of the Black River. The smell of incense wafts up from forbidden temples. The fragrance of delectable foods emanates from luxurious restaurants. In every part of the Black River and the entire City of Heaven, we see paper lanterns hanging from eaves, market stalls brimming with shiny treasures, and streets littered with firecracker shells. The signs of festivity are everywhere, but the feeling of it is absent. Even as the gods do what they've always done, working in the Aesir Palace, reading in the Vermilion Library, smithing in the White Forge, carousing in the Black River, an oppressive feeling hangs in the air. It is as thick as the nighttime mist that swaddles the city of heaven, obscuring the stars, the moon, the very sky itself, until the entire horizon is a muddled palette. That oppressive feeling is dread. Yes, dread. Something is wrong, terribly wrong, and everyone knows it. Anxiety hangs on the divine faces of the gods like shadows flitting across the surface of the sun. Whispers abound in every building, every courtyard, every alley. Though a few gods do roam the streets, most of them crowd indoors, with windows shut, candles lit, and magical wards sealing the thresholds closed. The Black River is no exception. Even in this den of religion and debauchery, all carousing is done under the safe havens of roofs. The streets are sparse. A few drunken gods wander the roads, crossing bridges under the ghostly light of an unseen moon hidden behind thick layers of mist. Busy silhouettes flit past the papered windows of pleasure palaces, temples, gambling houses. The sweet, heady smell of incense and cigarette smoke hangs at eye level. The sound of laughing and arguing is muffled, not just by doors and windows and walls, but by the very mist itself. This dense fog kisses the surface of the dark canals and rivers that flow through this water town, rolling off the waves like a white-robed specter. Strike Team Nova. As the mist thins around your bodies, you find yourselves standing in front of the No Regrets Casino the gambling house you were investigating not two seconds prior. Or was it two minutes prior? Two hours? Days? You feel disoriented, not just within your bodies, but within space, within time. You remember heading out in a fugue state back onto the street and you find yourselves once again facing the entrance as though you'd never set foot inside at all. The doors are shut. There's no one guarding them. But you do hear telltale signs of life. You hear cards shuffling over sleek wooden surfaces. You hear tiles clacking against bright green felt. You see light bleeding from under the doors, spilling onto the ramp before you, golden and bright. 
There are voices beyond, hushed, shrouded voices as the gods shelter from what hunts them? What haunts them? Mist curls around your feet. It's not as dense as it was when it first rolled in, but it does obscure your vision to such an extent that you can't see more than a single block in any direction. But this time, you are certainly not alone. So how do you step out of the mist and into the city of heaven again? Bayer is so disoriented. He feels a rattling in his head as he claps onto his forehead and pushes past the curls in his head, tapping against the fuzz that exists on the tips of his antlers, still growing in after losing them in the wild sea. And he taps this as if tapping against an old wound, hoping to ground himself in some way to feel present and real in some way. And as his ears perk and actually take a beat, to listen, to understand the lessons of the great huntress who had taught him to pay attention. Car shuffling, life, movement. And Say is brought back, and the first thing on his mind is Nova. He rolls round to look for Strike Team Nova. He's like, Nova? Nova? Oh, you're here. Right here. Here. Zainan has his hand inside of his kimono. A bit like he was checking that he was there at all, touching flesh with his bare fingers. He just became physical again. And the memory of not needing this still fresh in his mind. But he pulls his hand out, and in his palm is a pink cherry blossom. And he looks at it confusedly, and then looks to Lumira and Seir. And then everything begins to filter in around him again. He can feel the Black River breathing and hear these sounds that are like sirens songs to him and suddenly he's back in his body. There's no question. He is not a ghost made of dust. (laughs) He's a young man? No, he's an agent. He closes his hand around the cherry blossom. Lumira is dead set on the prize, as usual. Although behind it, you can see there's a bit of hesitance, which is very unlike her. For some reason, the presence of the mist is unsettling to her, even as hard as her mask tries to cover, something about the mist makes her unreasonably uncomfortable, intense, and you can see it. Sayer doesn't remember exactly what we saw, what we heard, but all he remembers is Lumira being scared. And that centers him a little, that focuses him a little as he steps forward towards Nova, the casino right behind him as a backdrop. Lumira? You okay? I'm fine. How did we get out here? I don't know. I was hoping one of you had a clue. I remember walking. I remember... And he takes a deep breath. The smell of inside? We were leaving. Wait, Lumira. 
Are you alright? I'm fine. Where were we leaving? Ijanesh. We were inside. Inside. There. As you continue to speak, the sequence of events that had just transpired before the mist thickened becomes clearer and clearer. As soon as the mist thinned and deposited you back out here, essentially, you remember, like with crystal clarity, exactly what had led up to this. You remember the visions? Zainan, you remember the ghost realm. Sayer, you remember the crunching of bone underneath your feet. Lumira, you remember the shock of calamity and disaster on Yaolan. You remember the panic flooding in your mouth as bitter as bile, all of you. And then the mist had thickened, and now you're here, and there are people here. You hear people. This place was empty. It was deserted. It was abandoned. And now there are people? How does this strike all of you? Zainan is actually not afraid, even though this place was so empty before. This place being full makes it feel like this is just a mission, but then he remembers what kind of people live here. And that hope of, okay, we can do this. This is normal. I can interface with people. Then he remembers the people, the citizens of the City of Heaven are all gods. And strange things happening with gods strikes him sideways and he both wants to run forward to the mission to the inside of this casino which might be wonderful but also he wants to run away (laughs) Sayer wants to believe this is a trick Sayer desperately wants to believe that this is some sort of illusion some sort of strange magics at play something of the mystery that we're missing something he could maybe Dismantle. But there are no answers. Only broken bone, terrible omens, and now this. With missions, there's usually, even with the Wild Sea, there was a very clear trajectory. There was a clear hunt for what we're looking at. What do you do when you're hunting a shadow? When you're hunting this? And Sayer feels that need to bring up the structure, the mask that gives him comfort, that reminds him of his beloved sister, that lets him know that everything is okay. And he dons it on and pretends that he is not rattling on the inside, feeling fear coursing through each bone. What do you do when you're haunting the shadow? How interesting of a sentiment that is Lumira is lost lost in the sense of she doesn't take well from not being the most knowledgeable of things she doesn't take well to not being the one that can explain everything And what she saw in that scrying bowl is almost interlaid right on top of this place with, at one point, was empty. Nothing. It was just us. And now it's full of people. What is this? Jolting all three of you out of your introspection, your reverie, is the sound of footsteps. It comes about a block 
to your east on the same pavement, on the same street that faces the gambling parlor. And you see coming out of the mist, at first a shadow, and then it takes form. You see a person, a god, in flowing robes with a plain but striking face, dark brown hair, arms full of glittering objects. Even from this distance, you catch golden slices, gems, coins, beautiful fruits and vegetables, and they hustle closer and closer to you, though their eyes aren't fixed on your part. They're fixed on the temple to the right of the gambling house. They go up the ramp and they enter the temple. I have a question about this individual. Do they seem surprised that they're here? No. They, in fact, look very intentional, like they are going to do something in this temple. And anxiety frets their brow, but they don't look surprised or confused. Okay. Zynan looks to Sierra and Lumira and looks back up to the, the gambling hall. That place already had answers. We should go in there and talk to the owner. And he points to the balcony. See if we can get more. Speaking of balcony, uh, Connie, I made a distinct impact on the balcony before I broke part of the banister. What does it look like now? It looks unbroken. The banister itself is whole, like it never happened at all in the first place. Oh, that's worse. Oh, that's worse. Um, Sayer looks up at the banister and he like narrows his eyes in surprise. I thought, oh, oh. Is Goose with us? Or is it just the three of us? That's actually another question (laughs) I have. Is Goose here? Goose is not here. Where's my goose son? Nope, there's no honk, honk, or tugging at Hems. Goose is not here. Wildly enough, that's not Lumira's concern. So you said that banister is not broken at all. Mm Mm-hmm. Lumira's seen a lot of wild and just unhinged shit. Does this reek of anything similar to her. And when I say that, I mean, I feel like magic, different traces of magic leaves a different set, a different trail, if that makes any sense. Is there anything that reigns similar to her, whether it be like conjurative, healing, mending magic, or Anything like her specific spice that she's learning now, anything chronergy wise. I'm gonna need you to gaze into the mist for answers or signs. Describe what you're looking for. I think you just did traces of magic similar to yours. Roll 2d6 plus tags. So I'm going to attempt diagnoses again, as well as forbidden knowledge. Okay. If I may, so that'll be 2d6 plus 2. Sure. Do you also want to invoke control of time or flashes of history? I think either of these could work. Mm. I think control of time probably yeah. would 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 be kind of on what's happening. I want to see what happens. Not exactly what is the result of it, but what was the lead up to it? Who who cast it, if anything? Sure. I also need to invoke the weakness tag doesn't understand its power. So you don't really know what you're tampering with. Chronergy is still new to you. In total, that's a plus two. 
Nine. On a seven to nine, the mist provides muddled and disturbing visions. So pick two attributes from the following list and the GM will describe what omens bloom from them. A color, a shape, a number, a sound, or an emotion. Pick two. I would like a sound, especially since we're coming in a place where there wasn't people before. So a sound would be, would be pretty helpful, I think. And... Let's do an emotion, too. Anything in relation to the sound of an emotion, I think, would be smart. Okay. As you fixate your gaze on the not-broken banister of the balcony, you squint your eyes up above, and you feel yourself as though you were tumbling forward into the mist. That balcony becomes bigger and bigger in your mind, and then a white fog washes over you as you're gazing into the magic of this place, trying to draw on any strands of fog that resonate and echo within your own soul. You try to hear something, anything. The noise of people laughing and shouting from inside the gambling parlor drops out. The noise of the gods' whispered prayer from inside the temple also vanishes. Even the noise of the rest of your strike team leaves you behind until there is nothing but the rather water-like, wind-like, earth-like, fire-like, steel-like whooshing of the mist. It's just mist. As for the emotion that rises inside you, it's fascinating. You feel this mist as though it, it, it wants? The mist wants, no you want, so the mist wants... No, it's hard to tell where your feelings and the mist's feelings begin and end and separate. Perhaps they're related? Either way, as you stagger out of this vision and the fog disperses, you're left with a conclusion. Time moves strangely here. Slowly. Maybe it's even stopped? But this place isn't quite a liminal. There's no liminal here. There's no person controlling this. Or is there? It's so hard to tell. It's both similar to the chronergy you can do, as in it's affecting time, but it's also different because there's no one sorcerer or anything like that. Something's off about it. With a seven to nine, you don't get clear answers. Zainan and Sayer. As Lumira zones out, looking up at the balcony, the two of you hear the god's voice inside the temple ringing out onto the street. They're not praying very quietly. They seem to want their prayers to be heard as though that would make them be fulfilled. And you hear them say, Please, offer me safety from the monsters. Offer me protection from the devoured. You can have this incense. You can have everything I want from the no regrets. Just... Protect me from the monsters. Protect me from the devoured. Please. And then the doors to the gambling parlor open and someone gets tossed out onto the street by these two burly looking enforcers. They tumble onto the ramp and they roll all the way to the edge of the canal, but they don't fall in. They kind of like cheeks flushed with wine. Having seen that before, Zainan, even though he was distracted from the prayers, just takes a step to the side to avoid a ghost version slash the real god rolling out. 
What's interesting about that, Zainan, is what happens here doesn't feel like it's already happened or like it's an after image or a premonition of what you saw. This just seems to happen quite frequently at this casino. In fact, you see the two enforcers reach behind them and throw someone else out uh, who falls down and a bunch of coins go flying everywhere. And one of the enforcers says, and leave your fake merits behind. I think Sayer wants to go and listen to more prayers. That's what he wants to do. He wants to pay attention. He wants to listen. He wants to know what the devour. The, uh, that's strange. Monsters. That's may, maybe something dangerous, something to hunt a direction. But these two folks just got thrown out. And she would talk to them, cry for information. And so he resists that instinct. He has a foot forward. Zainan also steps forward towards the fallen gods, a hand out. And Seir will go to the other to help pick them up, and he'll say, in a pitch not his own, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, you extend your hand to, let's say, the first god that fell down. They greedily take your hands, or rather, desperately. Like, they're, they're a little okay. bleary. They're definitely drunk. All right, there we go. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, I'm fine, I'm fine, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And they turn to their companion who grabs onto Zidon's robes, not very humbly or with any amount of dignity or anything, just grab onto you and like pull herself up. You stop talking about that, Senwen. You just shut up, okay? If it weren't my fake merits that got us kicked out, it was your rambling. No one wants to hear about that in the gambling parlor. Well, that's what everyone's talking about in the gambling parlor anyway. It's not my fault. I was just yelling about it at the top of my lungs. There's something in there. There's something in the mist. Shut it, shut it, shut it. What do you think's in the mist? And both of them turn on to you. And this person, Senwen, says, there's a beast. No, a monster. And they run up to you and grab the front of your Uh. kimono. And this other person says, yeah, don't get him started. But Senwen continues, I heard it with my own two ears right over here. Sounded like someone talking. But I couldn't make out what they were saying. It was too freaky. You know what I mean? I had to had to hit it, had to yeah, leave, had to go. Yeah. It felt, felt bad, yeah. you know, felt ominous. What, what kind of voice is it? Is it, uh, I know you didn't get any words. A voice, a voice is a voice. Haven't you heard a voice before in your life? There's one coming out of my mouth now. right now, just like this. But I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make out the words, you see. All I know was it was calling, it was calling, like it was calling me. Ah, yeah, I told you, don't say such things. I'm so sorry about my brother. He's... <sighs> don't you he's worry. He's out, that's what he is. Zainan says that having taken a full appraisal of both of these individuals, and I'm curious, when helping them up, would I have been able to have grabbed one of these merits that went falling oh out of my pockets? Oh my fucking god! <laughs> um... <laughs> I need God you. Damn it, Kai. Just for fun to sneak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Fa- yeah. Fantastic. I'm going to hinder this. Yes. Simon's yes. doing Simon <laughs> <Zyman> shit. <laughs> PvP, let's go. I'm going to fucking hinder this. No. Yes. <laughs> I want to hear from Lumira first, and then we'll go back to the sneak. Go ahead, Lumira. While they're doing the he, him thing, I'm going to affectionate he him affectionate um i'm going to i don't know if whether channel my power or gaze into the mist would be another just tell me what you're trying to do and i'll let you know which move fits so he was talking about there's 
something. Something that just doesn't feel right. And there's a lot here that doesn't feel right to Lumira. Like, there, the, the mist and the fact that this is supposed to be a town or a city full of gods and there's absolutely, like, no one here. And then all of a sudden, I'm seeing people here. Two plus two isn't equaling four for her. And it's really starting to grate at her. I guess I'm trying to see or or be in his shoes when he was experiencing what he was experiencing. Be in the gu- in one of <laughs> in the guy that's rambling's shoes? Yeah. I, I, okay. I want to try to see what it was that he was seeing, feel what it was sure. that he was feeling at that same time to try to see if I can make sense of what it is he's talking about. So how do you anchor yourself to him? I will walk up to him, not stepping into his space directly or making any type of physical contact, but I will look him directly into the eyes, genuinely insane. I know what it is like to experience something that is well beyond your understanding. And it caused the destruction of everything you know and love around you, beyond you, in front of you. But I need to know what you know. See what you see. You're asking him for permission or do you just do it? Yeah, no, I'm asking him for permission, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Then I step just a tad bit closer. I am still learning, but I think I can connect the dots. With your permission, please. And Lumira will hold her hand out. Can I connect the dots? He turns his gaze away from Zynan and Sayir and at you, creating a golden opportunity for Zynan to reach into his sister's pockets. His sister also turns to look at you, Lumira. He looks down at your hand, looks back up at you, and his cheeks flush with something more than wine. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> your permission, anything. please. Yeah, yeah, anything for a pretty lady, yeah. Uh. And he reaches his hand forward and puts it into your <sighs> palm and the god opens himself up to you. So I need you to channel your power. I'm going to say a tag that works really well is flashes of history. Think about other tags you'd like to use. In the meantime, Zidon. Hello. You're you're trying to take a few merits from this other person who hasn't been named yet, this Senwin's sister. Mm-hmm. Sayer, you're trying to hinder him? I am trying to hinder him, but not, not in the way that Sayer necessarily has picked up on Zidon's thievery. But specifically that Sayer catches that sibling relationship and a protective sister protecting a rambling brother and his heart softens a little bit at the sight. And hearing all of Lumira's things has begun to unsettle him. So as rights to both Connie, my GM, and to Kai, who is playing Zynan, I will hinder Kai by talking about the fact that Sayer understands what it's like to have a sibling that troubles you. And writes for Connie, I, Sayer is lowering his 
guard and Damascus not fully up. And I think hearing Lumira's whole thing about seeing things that don't make sense opens him up to an aspect of himself that he is keeping away, but is left unguarded at the moment. So I think he leans forward towards, uh, remind me again of our lovely rambling friend's name. Senwin. Senwin. He reaches out to Senwin's sister and it's just like, I, I get it. I completely understand what it's like to have a sibling that maybe causes far more trouble than you'd necessarily want in situations. I, I, I get it. But maybe, maybe they know something. Maybe there's something they want to speak to, but they don't have the, the words to say. It's it's a feeling. It's a it's a thing that sits in bones and whispers, voice. That's something, an, an instinct. Ah, Senwin's always been so loudmouthed and brash and. Fond of spinning tall tales, you know, even when we both sprang out of the mist. Well, not this mist, the mist before it before it got so thick, mm. you know? <sighs> what, 500, 600 years ago now? Uh, I've always had to make sure that he doesn't get himself in more trouble than he's worth. But you do detect a uh, undercurrent of affection from this sister. So, Sayer, I need you to roll 2d6 plus number of hurt points against Zynon. I have one. Uh, so it's 2d6 plus 1. Oh, I love having rights. That's exactly a 7. Okay, that is a mixed success. That means you get in their way for a moment, but they maneuver past you. So there's no mechanical boon or detriment here. So Zynan, how does Seer's attempt to maybe guilt you a little or throw you off your game register on you, and what do you do about it? I think Zynan, like, his, his full intention was to, like, check out one of these merits and so he's thinking I can do this I've lifted plenty of things in my life and he goes to do this very smoothly and quietly while all this other stuff is going on and then Sayer starts to talk about Sing and it's like getting punched and (laughs) the memory of trying to be a mentor trying to be someone worse leading somebody towards at least the right direction towards her destiny hurts and his mask his very thin mask doesn't stop his face from falling the clever people that he learned to do all of this from aren't in the present with him so for whatever action even though there's no hurt point uh, I will invoke a weakness tag a thin mask excellent I love that for you so you can mark attention on the theme card that a weak mask belongs to and if we hit three attention on any theme card you get to take an advancement but that's for later so Zynan what's the total bonus what other power tags are you using resourceful criminal roguishly charming <laughs> and uh <laughs> They're two different ones. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and a student of those before. So basically all of the ones from that tag that also has uh, mm. a thin mask. I see. So that's a plus two total because we're taking the minus one against the plus three. Plus two. Oh, good. Eight. 
<laughs> okay, that does bump it up to a hit. So on a seven to nine, you're compromised in some way as you attempt to pocket a coin or two. A single person notices you, you leave crucial evidence behind, or you stumble upon an immediate threat. I think it's funny if it's the first one. I think it's a single person should notice me because I think that that's fun. Okay. How many are you trying to pocket? He just wants to look at one. He's not trying to, like, get a fistful. Okay, you're able to easily do that. You just, like, kind of take one of the merits, and it feels cold and light between your fingers. They look like coins, but something about them, they make a sound. As you rub your thumbs against it, it almost sounds like they're singing. A kind of mystical, magical sound. These aren't just coins. They're the embodiment of divine favors. This appears to be the currency of the city of heaven. As for a single person notices you, I'm going to take GM rights here and get to that, interpret it interestingly, and get to it after we resolve what's happening with Lumira. So Lumira, what tags are you channeling and what are you getting on your 2d6? I want to so bad be the one who notices, but I'm gonna let that be to you, GM, ooh, the almighty ooh. Connie. But God, I want to so bad, cause follow me. So this is what I wanna do. I want to use, oh, first I have a question. Can I use two tags from the same? Theme card? Yes, that's exactly what Zion did. Okay, okay, cool. All right, so I want to use, bear with me, you let me know if you think this is right or not. I want to use control of time, flashes of history, and creating liminals. I don't think creating l- liminals I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, right I didn't mean here. creating liminals. I meant shielded by time. Sorry, I was looking at the wrong one. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do that. I think the all three would work. Why don't you do all three? And I'm okay. not going to evoke any weakness tax here, actually. Go for it. That's <laughs> very Okay. Hey, don't fuck me. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. 11. Okay, that is a full hit. So on a 10 plus, the effect is exactly as intended. As soon as this god places his hand in your palm, the mist thickens around your eyes once more, filling into your consciousness like thick reams of fog. And when it thins again, you're not in your own body, you're in his, as he's drunkenly trying to focus on the memory that he's trying to show you here. You hear his footsteps clattering over pavement and you feel himself swaying. He's drunk in this memory as well. And his mind is full of worries. With a 10 plus, you are not just Lumira scrying into his memory and attempting to uh, feel a piece of his past. You are him for all intents and purposes in this moment. His mind is full of worries. Oh, Yang Ning's probably worried about him out late, gambling again. The emperor had just made an announcement about everyone should probably stay indoors and and be safe. Oh, but he's never been good being cooped up indoors. He needs to go out. He's got to let, you know, he's got to let himself out and do stuff. And he, you know, he, he wants to maybe maybe be the one to be responsible this time, even though he's not being really responsible right now. And his thoughts are just kind of running into each other, picking up in one place and dropping in another, not just because he's a bit drunk, but because the anxiety 
is rising to the surface of his mind and clouding his thoughts, just like the thickness of the mist. And before he knows it, he's stumbled into a part of the city of heaven that is really dense, that has a ton of mist around. He hadn't even realized until he was several feet, several boo into it. He pauses and you see him looking around, right? His, his vision shaking a little from nerves. And then he freezes as he hears something in the mist. It feels so far away, and yet it also feels like it's right next to him. Something that is familiar, but also not familiar. It is a voice, yes, a, a person's voice, and it's saying something he should recognize, but it feels wrong. Is it, is it his name? But it feels twisted. It feels inverted in a way he doesn't like. And because he doesn't like what he heard, he's blocking the memory from being fully accessed. With an 11 plus, it's a mixture of the alcohol and his own, he's refusing to hear it properly. This God is actively choosing to deny what he's heard because he doesn't want to fix it. Whatever the voice said is something he doesn't want to acknowledge. He just knows that it's familiar and maybe reflecting something a little too close to home. And then he turns and stumbles out of the mist. He falls into the canal. <laughs> uh, psh, water plumes. He just missteps and bam, complete darkness, wetness, and then psh, you're back in your body. Do I hear as a third party? Like as someone who can kind of, like, am I uh, someone on the outside that can pierce through that want of them not wanting to hear said truth? Unfortunately, even with a 10 plus, maybe especially with a 10 plus, you cannot. Damn. You are both fully embodied in him, and you also know that this curtain of denial is so strong it would take force to pry open. Okay, okay. So Zynan, getting back to you. <laughs> As you pocket this merit and Lumira kind of exits her trance, right? And the god he keeps his hand there. Now he's like completely not focused on the mysteries of the mist anymore and just kind of staring at you a little smitten because you are, of course, very pretty, Lumira. Uh, Zynan, it feels like you're being looked at. Like there's someone right behind you gazing at you. It's not an ominous kind of being watched, but a, a, a curious gaze, a gaze that wants you to turn around. He does quickly. The moment that he feels eyes on him, that spotter's instinct kicks in and he turns his head. And just before the two enforcers start to slide the doors to the gambling parlor shut again, Singh turns and walks deeper into the gambling house, her bright white mane of hair vanishing just as the doors close. He goes running. He runs towards fuck? those doors. He doesn't say anything. He just starts running. Okay. Zynan, you book it. You run up the ramp and you grab the doors and you fling them open, I assume. And you just you, yeah. you sprint right in and you find yourself in the gambling house. And it's full. It's full of gods. But I don't even think that the shock of seeing people really registers on you. Your eyes are looking for that white mane of hair. You're looking for Sing. You see gods crowded around a craps table. You see gods playing mahjong, playing cards. You see the bar full of gods. There's a smell of alcohol, incense, smoke, merits, money, wine. But you're looking for Sing. Looking, looking, looking looking, eyes darting, but it's overstimulating. You see flashes of white, but that's someone else's hair. You see another flash of white. Oh, that was someone's braid. That was someone's sash. That was someone's robe. You don't quite see her yet as you stand there or again. How are all of you responding to this? 
Zydat! Sayer shouts because without saying anything, the most senior member of Striking Nova just books it away from us. Mm -hmm. And as far as Sayer is concerned, that means something big is happening, clearly. And I think he just spares a single heartbeat looking over towards Lumira and the other two gods that are there and just quickly apologizes. Sorry, excuse me. And immediately starts like going after Zynan because of course Zynan has a reason to book it that way, right? A real reason. Mm. What about you, Lumira? Lumira pinches the space between her eyebrows, the bridge of her nose, and sits there for just a few seconds before Sayer darts off. And she, after a second, stands up from wherever she was at and goes, just clasps her hands together and goes, while I may carry a pocket watch, I do not have time! <laughs> and immediately <laughs> goes off behind the, the other two. Excellent. Lumira and Sayer, as you run up the ramp and follow Zynan into this gambling house, Zynan's not really paying attention to anything but looking for Sing, but the two of you notice that even though this place is full of chattering gods, clearly money and merits being exchanged, the air here is, is tense. It's cold. Just like outside, it is filled with dread. The fingers that rub Mahjong tiles are nervous. The hands that hold their cards are shaking with anxiety and fretfulness. The usual aura of relaxation and indulgence that would be found in a gambling house is nowhere here. Everyone is on edge, and they're trying to pretend like they're not. Sayer clasps the top of Zayden's shoulder and grips it tight. He jumps. He whirls around on you, wild-eyed. Where do you think you are going? I saw some. We are here on a mission. Agent Esh. There's an intensity in his eyes that I don't think you've ever seen before, that he isn't cowed to your strength, Lumira, for once. Mmm. A challenge. Accepted. I saw something. And his sticky fingers, sticky eyes, his desire to unwind, unmake, isn't present. The keen eyes of the mentor of the Chosen One from the Wild Sea, the man that you knew before everything fell apart, is all that stares back at you. You know, Lumira, she know, you know she is not cowed. She takes her two gold gilded fingers and places them underneath your chin making you look directly at her. Agent Ash? He is looking around and then stops on your eyes. Tell me what it is you saw. I saw something. You need to trust me. Don't make me regret it. And she lets go and gestures for your lead. She'll follow. He just continues to look. He stops at every white 
plume, every burst of white hair, every flash of pink that he sees, he stops and he looks. I think it's the second plume of white hair and pink that you pick up, that you stop for, that clicks to Amira. And Sayer, you see that same determined focus in Lumira as well, just like Zynan. Zynan, she is now following your every move forward. No more questions from her. And Sayer is alone again as he watches both his strike team members search for a shadow, for a light, for dappled sunlight in a darkened room. Do I feel her? Do I see her, this silhouette, this figure that my friends see? Are you reaching for her, Sayer, intentionally or not? Are you calling for her? Unintentionally, yes. I think as soon as he sees Lumira's eyes, those heartbroken, pained eyes furrow with determination, that loving fierceness, it clicks for him. They're looking for her. Hmm. Seer, I need you to gaze into the mist. Well, all right, folks. I've avoided this move for a long time. Do it. it Do it, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will gaze into the mist. I will roll 2d6. I am looking for Sing. And I am going to invoke my Chosen One's Shadow Defining Event tags of the Chosen One. I'm the brother of the Chosen One. Mm-hmm. My hollowness specifically fro- formed from my grief and from the moment that she was killed by that shadow lance. I've had a hollowness in my soul. Okay. Reaching to that. And seeing omens, I think, will be helpful here. That's three, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to invoke two weakness tags. Go it's going to be yeah. scarce people under omen speaker and weak to gods under doom incarnate. Hey, what if I just... Oh, you want to hinder me? Counterspell! You can't do that here. I can't move, but it's okay, because I got something similar. Oh, God. I think Lumira is a little lost. So, yeah, I'm going to go on ahead and hinder my teammate. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah, hinder me. <gasps> How are you hindering Sayer, intentionally or not? He sees her. <gasps> you okay? You say those words, it rings in Sayer's ears. I need you to roll two d six plus hurt points. We'll resolve that first. Wretched. <laughs> oh my god, this is so wretched. Don't mind me as I um, readjust the arrows in my chest. <gasps> oh my god, what'd don't you, get? you fucking dare! Box don't cars? you? Box cars? Don't, don't, Box don't. Car? Oh, that's two sixes. That's a full hit. So, plus so on a ten one, plus. So that's wow on a 10 plus your intrusion is timely and crucial they get a minus one to say that's plus zero you're rolling flat oh my god oh my god oh my god oh no what does that mean Val? what does that mean Val? did you do it again uh-oh did he's hiding we only get antlers what'd you get oh no wait what do you mean I rolled because you invoked you invoked my weakness tags, didn't you? 
Yes. Yes. So that and I was rolling flat because of the mirror. So um, yes. I rolled a snake eyes one and a one. You rolled snake eyes. What? Hey Val, okay. what's wrong with your okay. dice? <laughs> okay. 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 You miss. You miss. You miss. So what this means is, <laughs> Sayer. Yeah. <laughs> as you stand on the threshold of the No Regrets Casino, Lumira's words ringing in your head, unbidden grasping for Sing. It is not Sing that grasps back, not any of the times you have reached for her in these two plus months since she's been gone. It's never been Sing that answers back. Nothing's ever answered back, really. And the thing that has tried to answer back, you've pushed down. But now, it is the mist that thickens briefly, but you feel it behind your back at the bottom of the ramp of the No Regrets Casino. You feel it swirling thick and inside you rises that hunger, that all-consuming hunger you felt when you first set foot on the balcony, that desire for, for it's not flesh, no, nothing so mundane and pedestrian as flesh. It's not blood, though that's a little bit closer. It's, it's, it's divinity. You hunger for divinity? The flesh of gods. And then you blink and the feeling passes. The mist thins again, moving back to just about a block away. And the two enforcers slide the door shut behind you, snapping you back into your body. You both see it. That wildness in Sayer's eyes, that frightening look of something else lurking deeper within his skin, begging to be unleashed. And he grits his teeth and shakes his head and mumbles to himself, no, 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 no. Uh, Connie, this is a casino, yes? Yes. Are there coin machines nearby? There are. Sayer, driven by this hunger and disoriented by everything, I would like to go up to the nearest coin machine, punch through the glass, and eat some merits. <laughs> Without even looking at Zion and Elumira, you muscle forward to this row of slots, let's say. Sure, yes, fantasy China row of slots. Yes, Chinese fantasy slot machines. Let's go for it. Uh, you, you punch it, there's a rattling of coins, and pouring into the slot area, instead of coins are red X's, red X's, red X's, red X's, overlapping over each other, flowing, overflowing, spilling onto your hands like rivers of blood onto your shoes, and then you blink and it's coins again. I think Sayer's driven by a hunger that's deeper within him, and he sees those X's, he clears his eyes, and he picks up a merit, and he hears that thrumming that song divinity granted in a tiny little chip and devours it and he throws it in like it's a chip you you you, you start eating merits you throw one into your mouth you chew it's hard but then it softens it cracks against your teeth and your teeth crack it and then it breaks open and you feel a little burst a little burst not of divinity. It's not, this isn't a god. This coin isn't a deity, but it's something kind of close. It's a way to track progress, track 
how you're doing track rank. That's a little adjacent. It's like eating the stems, the unedible stems of a plant you really want, but not the plant itself. Bite, it's a little bit, you chew, you swallow, and it feels like molten gold going down your throat, and it sings all the way down. And now everyone is starting to stare. When I did this, I didn't think it was gonna backfire in my face. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the loud crashing sound draws Zynan's attention for as frantic as he is looking for Sing. <laughs> he stops and turns because he also cares about the Chosen One's sibling. He also cares about the Chronergist, the healer. And so he looks and spots Lumira close enough to have spoken to Sarah and the wake of coins and the eating and over the crowd Zynan yells Sarah <laughs> and I think Sarah bites down on his thumb as if like preventing himself from taking another fistful of coins and chomping on that that sense returns into his head. Lumir feels a little bad because she didn't think that invoking Sing would have had that impact on you. So she sees that, like, that, that stumble and walks up to you, gently placing her hand on your cheek. Mission. And you see sense that that wide-eyed, like, cornered animal look in Sayer's eyes. His tail is swinging wildly against the mountain of coins behind him. The bangles at the end of his tail clanking with each metal piece that has fallen out of this machine. And as it finally slows and the clanging lowers, his pupils reduce in size and he looks at you. It's you, his gravity, his foundation, his anchor. Her fingers like slip into the back of those Superman curls just a little bit. And it's like, mission. 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 And Sarah realizes that he's let it go. He's let the mask go. The thing that's within him is crawling out and he stamps it down. Yeah. Mission. Mission. Yeah. Her eyebrow quirks a bit, noticing you changing gears but repeats it one more time. Sorry, I was... Don't be sorry, act. Just hungry. Hungry. And he steps up. Lunches later. He nods, ignores the allure of the merits, the allure and the smell of the gods, and focuses and attempts to... I'm going to be seen. I'm a big guy, and I just made a big scene. So I'm just sitting there kind of like, dusting his sash off and his veshti and he just stands there like sorry carry you flash on the thumbs up my <laughs> eyes when you go sorry my eyes immediately shoot to Zynan like sorry uh, please uh, carry on with your um gambling um I will write the machine Connie is that shorter silver haired person here you're kind of back in your body sayer but it's too late. You have caused 
too much of a scene. All three of you are implicated. Everyone is staring. It is obvious you do not belong. That's what everyone in here is getting. Maybe you could have stealthed your way through this. Maybe you could have blended in, but the things you're doing, uh-uh. Everyone's looking, people are whispering. And now you hear like a, a birth has been given to your party. People have moved away and formed a big ring of sorts around you. You hear whispers go, who are they? Are they gods? No, no, no. They, they look like cultivators. I don't feel divinity from them. Yes, but which god called them here? Do you know? No. Do you know? No. Do you know? And everyone's trying to figure out who you are, who called you here, what kind of cultivators would do this. And Zynan, as you cast your gaze around for that white-haired person, you see them. The interior balcony here looks over this huge atrium, this lobby, and they are standing several dozen boo above your heads at a slant at the edge of that railing. And they are not alone. Next to them is that other person you saw from your vision, that fierce woman standing head and shoulders above her peers, even here, magnetic crimson eyes. They kind of look like a duo of a, a, a bright white feathered bird next to a blazing phoenix. The first person is much slighter, shorter, that shock of white hair, and you see that snake coiled around their shoulders atop their pure obsidian black robes. It's moving and it's waxing its head from left to right, a pink tongue darting in and out, its slitted eyes blinking just like the slitted eyes of its owner. And the taller, bigger, fiercer woman in those pure vermilion robes, she lifts her head, looks down with that handsome, cutting face, those passionate, bright red eyes, that short black hair slicked up and out of her cunning, sharp expression, and she says, hmm. Just in time for me to present the Emperor with three wrongdoing, mess-causing interlopers, I think. She raises a hand and draws a lazy circle with her finger, and she says, sink. And fire, a ring of it, erupts around your party like a hoop. And then the floor falls out from underneath you, and you go tumbling. This episode was edited by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Our original intro theme music is by Jonathan Charles. Transplaner RPG is supported by our incredible Patreon precepts. Folks pledge to our highest tier on Patreon. A massive thank you to Taylor, Stardiers, Jordan, Derek Davidson, Phil, Mark J, Astrid, Spencer, Lyle and Peanut, Rose, Alex, The Bow System, Cassidy, Lex, Charles, and Cora Eckert. Pledge to our Patreon today for as little as $3 a month to unlock exclusive news, character sheets, GM notes, and even the chance for your tabletop OC to cameo in our show. Until next time, Transplay Nerds!